the Brave starters are struggling no more. They hang in there and they weather the storm. There's always there's going to be something good on the back end of that. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano, who was at uh, Truist Park. I'm at an undisclosed uh, location west of the Mississippi River. Sunday didn't go so great, but uh, man, it's been a little different mood on the mound this week. It, you made that sound like you were in a safe house, man. I see you're in a very well, nice hotel. We're a very official <laughs> official podcast because you're at a podcasting convention and I am where the event took place. So we are pretty official. But yes, the Braves pitchers got rolling again. Three straight shutouts. They at five of eight at one point. Um, things change quickly in this game, Jay. And uh, the Braves got on a nice little roll uh, here again. All right, coming up, we will break down how the Braves took five of six from the Yankees and the Giants, plus what's behind Atlanta's dominant week of pitching, and later, how two of the best freshmen of 22 may be the two best sophomores of 2023. And finally, our favorite, the answers to your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to us. Well, welcome aboard, and please make sure you follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger, and it's Kroger Chef Junior time. School's back in session, and if you need something to do with your kids, well, if you want them to learn a valuable skill that I don't have, which is cooking, bring them out to Kroger Chef Junior, which is an Atlanta Braves guided cooking experience where you and your child can make a chili slaw dog. It's happening at select Kroger locations this coming Saturday, August 26th. It's 7 bucks per child, and it also includes an Atlanta Braves apron, patch, chef's hat, recipe card and holder, and tongs. So register your child for a time slot today at KrogerChefJr.com. That's KrogerChefJr.com, or you can click on the link in the show notes, and your kid will do something that I haven't done, which is cook a hot dog. You've never cooked a hot dog? Never cooked a hot dog. That's mainly because, and I know this may be blasphemy on a Braves podcast, hot dogs for me fall way behind a hamburger. So if I'm going to cook something, I just go cook a burger. Yeah, no, that's I, I would I would agree with that. Like there are times for a great hot dog. Um, and I don't have a grill, so it makes it even worse for the hot dog. Yeah, that's tough. Those of us who have been in apartments for years and, you know, don't I, I think the last time when I lived with my parents in high school, I mean, I think but I, I think I've had like community grills at different apartments I've lived at. But yeah, I mean, I've got a grill pan, like kind of like a cast iron grill thing. Um that works, you know, pretty well, but you're going to encounter some challenges. A real grill is uh, much more worth it. So just, um, I guess this this podcast is just starting on why you should own property, right? Yes, it, it, it does help to have a grill for the hot dog. All right, now, what you came here for, baseball, and it's another big week for the Braves. Two out of three from the Giants and all three from the Yankees. That's been great. It's been great. Everything's been really good. Played good baseball. That's uh, all manager Brian Snicker had to say about that. But, uh, you know, ho-hum, another dominant week. Yeah, seriously. Um, Let's start with, I know the Mets and the Yankees are not what we thought they were in February or March. Did the Braves break the Yankees? (laughs) Our our ongoing evergreen question on this podcast. Jay, it's, it's almost stunning, though, to look at it that the Mets and Yankees entered the season with baseball's two highest payrolls. The Braves took six of seven from those teams by a score of 58 to 13. Let that one sink in a little bit. (laughs) That will will help your run differential. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, 
And then they, I mean, they swept the Yankees who lost today. I think they've lost eight in a row for the first time since some point in the 90s. Uh, let that one also sink in. So the Yankees are not doing well. The Braves might have broken them as well um, or, or helped break them. But wow, to beat the New York teams like that. I mean, I know any market, you know, Atlanta's gonna gonna enjoy that one and gonna hang its, you know, its cap on that to beat them by 45 runs combined. Uh, the run differential, Jay, is looking very good right now. Kind of hard to really consider the Yankees a, a playoff contender at this point, but the Giants... We may see this, uh, we'll definitely see this matchup uh, in the coming week. We may see him again uh, in October. And uh, before we kind of dig into to, to what happened uh, throughout the week, for those of you wondering why uh, Snit was so upset in the eighth inning on Sunday, it was a uh, it was definitely a pitch clock issue. He said, I stopped it. I was like, well, that's you don't have the leverage to do that right there. That, that's not what the rule's designed for. Like they start the clock when the guy comes across the... the um, the warning track, and it's you're supposed to pitch before that. If they're going to spend the whole, you know the whole time on the mound talking to that guy, then that they got to eliminate the warm up pitches. You don't cover for them. Was it just me, or was there kind of like a lot of chirping this weekend? Yeah, it was weird. I asked Nid about that if he if it just felt like a little extra from that other side, and he was like, "To to whose end?" And I was like, "San Francisco's." And he was like, "Oh, I was upset with the you know the umpires," but I mean. I don't know. Are we really to believe that the umpires were the sole reason that Ronald Acuna's glove was checked? Uh, that was very that, weird. I, that was strange on Friday. Uh, for those who are catching up here, um, Ronald Acuna had to get a new glove before the top of the ninth inning, uh, which went swimmingly for Isel Iglesias because there was some sticky stuff on his glove. It's possible that guys just put like sticky spray on there, and it doesn't really. I mean, it doesn't really impact. The, the ball at all so they just let him go get a new glove and then you had today man i mean count him up in that eighth inning uh gabe kapler having his guy appeal to third base when ronald acuna <laughs> was safe and the umpire literally said safe i don't think i've ever seen that before like slid, appeal. slid all over the bag yeah yeah had his his whole hand all over the bag um he was clearly safe and then you had yeah camilo duvall getting extra time you can't you can use that leeway and give extra time if like a catcher is thrown out on the bases or something like that uh or extenuating circumstances this really wasn't that it just seemed like they're at the mound for a little bit um and then i mean yeah you had uh gabe kapler was not happy with that first strikeout uh from kirby yates that check swing i think on patrick bailey yeah there was a lot of barking on both sides this weekend um i would assume sometimes uh, at each other, uh, but I mean, yeah, it, it it felt it felt a little testy. Like it felt like there was some excess stuff going on. All right, now let's talk about Max Freed. Three runs on Sunday. I would say overall, still fight myself at times. Um, not really all that sharp. Not executing the pitches that I want to in good spots. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being Max Freed's Cy Young candidate, where is he right now? Uh, probably about a five. Um, you know what i I think seven would be good, so probably about a five or a six, just because I think he's still got room, and that's nothing against Max Freed. That's just that he has set the bar so high when he is on that I think he's still got a lot of room to be, you know, that guy like and i think that's really encouraging is that i don't think he's super far off which is why i maybe lean more toward a six 
or a seven. Um, because today's Max Freed, let's put it like this. Today's Max Freed still pitched into the sixth inning and only gave up three runs. The Braves could have won this game. So, but compared to Max Freed's bar, it was probably about, you know, a five or six because he did give up nine hits. Um, he had a walk in there, gave up two home runs. Um, the Giants took the lead on him a couple times. All that stuff he was not happy with. Let's call it a six and a half trending toward a seven for realism's sake. Um, because I just think that he's got a lot of, you know, room to grow in the sense of he he still feels like he's fighting himself, as he said. Um, he still feels like, you know, there are times when he's not executing, as he mentioned for today's specifically. Um, and then I, I just think it's about kind of knocking off that rust. And maybe he's knocked off the rust, but he really hasn't seemed to find his ideal like rhythm yet. Um, and, and he said today that it, it's almost like he's kind of it's. Like, you know, other guys have had five months and they're seeing pitchers and they're getting regular at bats. And, you know, he's still getting into the swing of things. He didn't make any excuses, but you can tell that the layoff, he's still really working his way out of out of kind of that that little fog of a layoff. Um, And that can be difficult. It's going to take time. Um, So I I think he's going to be fine. We will see that Cy Young version of Max Fried. Um, We will. But we haven't seen it the last couple starts. It is encouraging to me, though, Jay, that. He hasn't really had any any blowups. I mean, he had the one in Pittsburgh that wasn't great, but you haven't looked at one and been like, man, like just yeah, don't don't ever look at that again. I mean, he's he finds ways to kind of battle through it, and I think that's the positive in all of this. And it it goes to show you how much better Max Freed is than the average competition he's facing. All right, now let's look at the rest of the rotation and the week they had. Yeah, a little rough stretch with the rotation. Now, what a little over a week ago. For a period, but it's just one of those. Where I said it's you know you work through it and kind of stay the course, and you know and if you handle it, the good things are on the other end. And now we're we're kind of seeing that. The pitching's been really good this year. I mean, a lot of people have been critical of it recently, but you know you play 162 games. I think you're going to see a little bit of everything. So um, you know we were due for a little bit of a, a, a lull, but you know everybody's right back where they've they've been all year and. You know, we're, we're always in a position to win games, and that, I think that's because of every guy on the roster. Uh, every part of our game is, is really good, and that's why we've won so many games. That's uh, Spencer Strider with the uh, three shutouts this week. Everybody feeling better now? Yeah, I mean, I, that if you're a fan, that had to make you breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. This was the first time that the Braves had tossed three consecutive shutouts since 2015, um, and that one, I believe, was at the end of the season – last like series it was against the cardinals um and they're the first so the braves had that pushed them to shutouts in five of eight games first time that was done since 2015 the pirates um yeah i mean that's remarkable i mean they went 27 full innings without giving out you know giving up a run um and then gave up one when yanni torinos took them out on the very you know the very first pitch gave up a run but um it i mean i think it's remarkable i mean do that in this age you know especially with the pitch clock um and and things like that that you know you could say could speed up pitchers i think is pretty ridiculous um everybody is feeling better and i like where guys are at like i i think strider's throwing the ball well i think freed's gonna be fine elder will find his level uh you've got to figure out that fifth spot like whether it be chirinos whether it be monday starter alan winans um that'll you know kind of remain to be seen you've got to figure out that you know, fifth spot, but, you know, Charlie Morton's shown you what he's going to give you and what he can still do uh, at age 39. 
I think this is really an encouraging week for them because of how they established that consistency. And Jay, they Sunday snapped a five-game winning streak. The Braves have had five winning streaks of at least five games. Pretty good. And since the Mets series started last weekend, so the Braves' last three series, in the non-Yanni Chirinos category, Braves have had eight starts in those ten games. Those pitchers have gone 50 and two-thirds innings, 50 strikeouts, 33 hits, five runs, an ERA of 0.9. Only one person has given up those five runs, and that is Max Fried. Oh, my God. That's – and that – I know it doesn't work this way when you view it. Like if you're maybe if you're not, you know, if you're a baseball fan, maybe you don't view it this way. If you're a front office member, maybe you don't view it this way. I think that's pretty encouraging because Max Fried is the guy you should probably feel the best about in that rotation. Maybe Spencer Strider, but you know, Max Fried is a guy you don't have to worry about. So when it's him giving up some of the runs, I, I think it's going to find its level and be fine. I, I really like that. I do think that. This makes you feel a lot more comfortable. Granted, it is one stretch. Things can change. They've still got to get their numbers to be, you know, they've still got to be more consistent. Like their numbers since the All-Star break aren't great. But this is was really, man, like a, a dominant stretch. And I get it. Like at this point, the Mets lineup, the Yankees lineup, the Giants lineup, like they don't really scare you as much as other teams. But these are big league baseball teams. They drive nice cars for a reason. Um, doing that to them, I mean, five runs and 50 innings uh, for the non-Chirinos guys is, is pretty insane. I thought this piece of sound from Charlie Morton earlier in the week kind of kind of sums up what life is like if you're a ball player. Like, I'm not going to compare outings because it's like, that's I just don't think that's a good idea. I think you compare uh, larger bodies of work and uh, where where you are. You know, it's like... I'm not I'm not a seven a walk a walk a game pitcher and I'm not a zero ERA pitcher. That's like a good message for life. Sometimes you ain't that bad, sometimes you ain't that good. Yeah, I and I think he's said that before in different ways, and it's it is sage advice. Uh you're, you're never it's the old you're never as bad as you think you are, and you're never as good as you think you are. You're probably somewhere in the middle. I do like you can't compare. It's so hard to compare outings. Like that's why it's difficult when we analyze these roster moves and you're like, okay, well, starter X put up these numbers against the Brewers, but this other starter they brought up from AAA put up this against the Mets and this other guy did this against the Nationals. And how do you it's so hard to compare outing to outing for you know, outing versus outing for guys. But you can, yeah, the body of work, um, you can compare. And I think at this point, you feel pretty good about a lot of these guys, like I said, I think Freed turns the corner to be elite. Uh, we saw it in Chicago. We will see it again. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. I like the way Strider's throwing the ball. He looked dominant. Uh, we've we've got a couple more Spencer Strider stats after after Friday. Should we should we let that him? That will uh, we'll save that for the other end of the break. Uh, okay, we have a special we segment for for the sophomores. Uh, oh. But let's um let's don't forget about the Braves bullpen either. Uh, best ERA in August so far. Yeah. And they've, they've been tremendous. Um, really, this is one of the only reasons this team had a chance uh, when the rotation wasn't going well. That bullpen's really held up, man. And I like, I think you just have so much depth and versatility. Like when Brad Hand is one of the guys you're, you're not really using and not really counting on and is pitching, you know, in very, you know, low leverage. 
I think things are going pretty well. Like I like what they've done. Pierce Johnson has been incredible. The only two runs he has given up were not his um, since that trade. And I think A.J. Minter's filled the ball well. Joe Jimenez is a guy you can probably trust now. And oh, by the way, Dylan Lee is still building up in AAA, um, waiting until, you know, the Braves want to make that move. Um, It's in their back pocket. Uh, They want to build him up to, you know, throw multiple innings. I think there's probably some of it, too, where they, you know, want to see if an obvious roster move presents itself. Jesse Chavez could be back um, eventually. And then you've also got Nick Anderson who is throwing in Florida uh, and could be throwing off a mound in the next couple of weeks, which would precede his rehab assignment. So they, uh, if you can believe it, if you can call it this, they might even be getting reinforcements. So far in August, Rysel, Johnson, Yates, McHugh, and Minner have combined for 41 innings, given them three runs. And that includes what happened on Sunday, ERA of 0.66. Yeah, that's usually going to do, right, when yep. your late-inning guys are, are pitching that well. I think um, that's really what you wanted to to see is really the late-inning guys come around, Minter, Iglesias. I mean, even Yates. I think the fact that Yates has gotten back to, I don't know if it's pre-Tommy John level because he was really darn good, but it, it, he's getting closer for sure. Um, and he's still – he. I mean, he said today he's still walking too many guys – but he feels like the ball is going where he intends it more frequently uh, these days. He said the stuff's good. I think we've seen a different Kirby Yates. I mean, I think it's probably just distancing himself a little further from Tommy John. But um, that and why did I say Tommy John like he was a person in that uh, distancing yourself from the procedure? Yes. <laughs> but um, I I'm encouraged. I mean, I, I've always thought this was a really good bullpen, even when they struggled. The struggles to me were mystifying, um, and a lot of it was just. That's what happens over 162 games. We, we keep going back to it. And I know it's the boring answer, but I'll ask you this. Um, is there anybody you don't have faith in at this point when it comes to postseason play in that bullpen? And that's the thing about like the Braves bullpen, because I know you know people compli- have been complaining from time to time. And, and I know it doesn't kind of like have the flashy dominance of the night shift in the playoffs. And there's nobody with an ERA below two you know, in the back end. But there's nobody like a six either. Everybody is under four and pretty consistent and pretty solid. Yeah, there's not been like the flashy dominance. No, but I mean, there's eight guys in that bullpen that can get outs. Yeah, and and I would even call the numbers you mentioned and the RAs across the board, I would call that like somewhat dominance. It might not be as flashy with the nickname and just the, the aura of just taking the ball every day in the postseason, those sorts of things, yet at least. Exactly. But – that I mean, this is this has got to be the best bullpen they've had here since Alex Anthopoulos took the job, right? I mean, in terms of just like depth, versatility. Look, you have two lefties right now. If you don't, if Brad Hand's not a part of a roster move in the future, you'll have three when Dylan Lee comes back. Nick Anderson. We don't talk enough about how Nick Anderson was one of the guys who held down the fort as an eighth inning guy while AJ Minter struggled, um, you know, early in the season. Nick Anderson's a good late inning option. Rysel Iglesias has been lights out. This looks like Rysel Iglesias' yes. immediate post-trade last year. Um, he is just mowing people down. <laughs> Quick innings. I mean, the ninth inning at Truist Park uh, has rarely been eventful lately. Um, and Rysel Iglesias has a lot to do with that. I, I just – I really like the floor of this bullpen, though. Because if, you, if you're looking at it, like the guy's – maybe who aren't as the marquee names anymore. I mean, at least Brad Hand, 
Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, Kirby Yates maybe isn't one of those marquee. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like who is the worst, you know, Michael Tonkin has pitched really well in his role this year. I mean, you don't really have any, there are no duds in that group and and that's really hard to do with a bullpen. I, I feel, I feel pretty solid about all of those guys. All right, now coming up, we'll look at the unique relationship between the Braves' super sophomores and how they've avoided the second-year slump. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards, too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership, starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, now we're inching closer to playoff time, about to be done with the dog days of August, and now is a great time to load up on all your Braves coverage because there's going to be only one place to get everything that we have to offer once playoff time arrives, and that is by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So not only do you get all of our Braves stories, our fantastic photos and layouts in the e-paper, our great columns uh, from Michael Cunningham and Mark Bradley and Ken Segura, on and on and on. You also get all of our sports coverage, too, which, by the way, football season's here, baby. So to do that, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to take advantage of our special offer to get you started. Three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. So go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on and Make sure the Braves Report newsletter is in your inbox every day. You can catch that at AJC.com slash newsletters. Now, one bit of news on Sunday. Michael Harris scratched from the lineup, but Justin, he told you how he was feeling after the game? Yeah, I'm feeling feeling better than I did yesterday. Uh, I guess I didn't really feel it like going through uh, the game yesterday. And once the adrenaline stopped, I kind of started to feel all of it. Would, uh, are you pretty confident you'll be in the lineup tomorrow? Yeah, we've been going through, um, I guess, all the procedures and, and making sure that I'm going through everything and working on it so um my my hope is to be in the lineup tomorrow um i mean i want to be in the lineup every day but um yeah hopefully i'm gonna keep working on it and and see how it is tomorrow is this gonna be a thing with his foot i don't think so i mean i want to say that i also not that i mean i think people might wow people might actually forget if i didn't say this no, I, I even said that based on what, you know, it looked like in the clubhouse last weekend, based on what Snid said, that it wasn't serious for Ozzy either. And granted, that seems to be just a precautionary IL stint, knock it out now, big division lead, that sort of thing. I don't think this is anything for Harris. I mean, I he just sounded, I mean, he was, Snid said he was technically available, like in an emergency situation, but he wasn't going to play today. I don't think this is going to be anything lingering. I think it was probably, as he said, just something where the adrenaline wore off after playing a game and didn't feel good enough. Uh, so maybe a couple days, maybe in the lineup Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I, I would, I can't see him going in the IL unless the bruise is is really bad. I mean, he was in a lot of pain after he fouled it off his foot and kind of hobbling uh, in front of home plate. But 
I, he he sounded pretty confident that this was going to be a short thing. And hopefully it is a short thing, and hopefully it does not knock down this incredible tear that he's been on after that first horrible couple of months of the season. I mean, it was tough, but for the most part, I'm a, I'm a very positive person. I don't really like to, I guess, dwell on the past or any negative situation. But uh, I guess when it's happening so much and so long like that and you just want to help the team win, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough. But I just, I guess, kept working and, and kept trying to find ways to, I guess, improve. And once I found that and it started working, uh, I just tried to keep going. But, yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool to come out of that. In June, OPS of 1,005, 794 in July, 916 so far in August. Yeah, that'll do. Um, so I looked up Michael Harris a few days ago um, just to see, kind of put into perspective the tear he's been on over the last couple months. Um, really since June, I remember that June 7th game, he had three hits against the Mets. Going into Friday, since June 7th, he'd hit – 352, I think, with a 946 OPS, I believe it was. That 352 was the fifth highest batting average in baseball over that span. That is your number nine hitter, folks. <laughs> that uh, That is the guy who usually bats ninth. Ozzie Albies is on the injured list with a strained left hamstring, so Michael Harris was batting second. But that is the guy who usually bats ninth. Um, and, I mean, he's really – with Michael Harris, it's almost fun to project, like, what he could be it, it's very we should recognize what he is which is a five-tool baseball player when everything's going this guy looks like he's going to be a superstar i mean he's just crushing the ball like these are not cheap hits he's hitting the ball hard and has been really since he was struggling like when he was struggling the exit velocity figures were still there um and there were still encouraging signs he was smoking the ball I mean, he's been on fire. Uh, he's just really fun to watch. And yeah, uh, but but somebody's got to tell these two kids, um, and I say that as somebody who's only 27, so I guess it's weird, but somebody's got to tell Michael Harris and Spencer Strider that there's no sophomore of the year award. They're not fighting for that rookie of the year <laughs> award anymore. They can chill a little bit. If there was a sophomore of the year award, uh, A, who gets it? And has has anybody else? Are they still the best two players in their graduating class, so to speak? I'm trying to think. I'm gonna miss somebody. Not name Julio Rod in the National League. Julio Rodriguez is would obviously be there too, but in the National yeah. League. Yeah. Yeah, in the National League for sure, because yeah, they're better than I think, you know, Brendan Donovan um on the Cardinals right now. But uh yeah, no, I these two are are incredible. And I think um I asked Spencer Strider about Michael Harris, and he said, you know, anybody can succeed for any period of time, right, at anything. And then he goes, but I think the interesting, he said, I think the impressive thing with him is that he did it for a period of time. He struggled the next season, and then he came out better on the other end. Um, and then Michael Harris, in that quote we just played, was talking about that, you know, like the struggles and, and how he kind of just kept working, kept his, you know, kept positive, got through it. I think that's the thing. Spencer Strider's quote on Michael Harris I think that applies to Spencer Strider, too. I think that's the most impressive facet of uh, these two guys is that they had these sensational rookie campaigns, yet that wasn't the end for them. They weren't one-hit wonders. You can see them as a part of this core in the future. Yes, they are signed, but I mean, as important contributors, like team leaders, like they are going to be here, and there are no signs to show that 
they're going to slow down. I mean, I remember social media, like different people calling for Michael Harris to be sent down like a couple months ago. I mean, since then, he's just been on fire. And uh, Spencer Strider, man, he is a he's a rarity in Major League Baseball. I mean, it seems like every fifth day he's forcing you to look up like some stat of the people who are compared to him in a certain category. And the names are mind blowing. Rip them off. All right. So I did a, a video with our videographer, Sarah Spencer. So I hope I still remember these. Friday marked Spencer Strider's 10th double-digit strikeout game of the season. That is 10 double-digit strikeout games. Oh, hum. With, yes, with almost two months to go in a season, you know, a month and a half left in a season. He's now got 16 double-digit strikeout games in his career. Jay, Friday was his 58th pitching appearance. The only other guys to have more, the only guys to have more than 16 double-digit strikeout games through their first 58 appearances are you Darvish with 20, pretty good company, and Dwight Gooden with 23, very good company. Here's the caveat. For those, some of you might have caught it, but Spencer Strider's first 13 outings came out of the bullpen. So ah. if you want to say you want to divide 13 or 16 by 45, you'll find out that Spencer Strider strikes out 10 or more batters and 36% of his starts, which is insane if you factor it out over the rate, like do the rate of double-digit strikeout games. And I found this one to be pretty uh, fascinating too, is he is, so Spencer's 24 right now. There have only been eight players, um, and I think one of them, I think Dwight Gooden did it twice, but there have only been eight players uh, to have 10 double-digit strikeout games, eight players who are 24 and younger to have 10 double-digit strikeout games in a single season. In Major League Baseball history, he is Spencer Strider is one of eight, you know, now to have done that 10 times and be 24 years old and, and younger. It's it's I mean, it's mystifying the type of company he's putting himself in. And I, I, I it's almost like we're taking it for granted that this is their first full season, technically first full season of the majors. Strider's 24. Harris is 22. Like, you know, is, is, is it wrong to think, wow, where are they going to be in? three years no i mean you don't want to get too far ahead for them but yeah how would you not think that like any human being would you see how good they are now michael harris could bet second if not lead off on certain major league baseball teams uh, I, i'd say he could bat second on almost half you know i would say 10 to 14 teams in baseball um he would have been so we saw the giants this weekend i think michael harris would have been at worst, the third best hitter in their lineup. And that is at worst. He might be the second best hitter or the best, depending on how you look at it. Um, no, he's incredible. And defensively, he's got the athletic, he's got the instincts to get to any ball, but he's got the athleticism to finish any play. And and those two things combined, I think, create this really, really important combo for him. What do you say about Spencer Strider? I mean, how do we he's putting himself in rare air. He's somebody who, if there was a sophomore of the year award, I think it would probably go to him because he's going to be flirting with 300 strikeouts. Um, the ERA should probably be pretty good. Uh, keeps going down. Um, I mean, he's almost changed the game. I know it's more about strikeouts now, but when have we seen this from a guy who, to this point in his career, other than that oblique, 
has stayed really healthy because he had Tommy John in college. After that, I mean, he's been, for the most part, like pretty healthy. Uh, we saw it with Jacob deGrom, who eventually, you know, kind of broke down. I think Spencer Strider, like mechanically, like he's built to last. Um, and just all the conditioning work he does and the weight room work he does um, and all that. I mean, I think he, we're really going to look back in three, four, five, six years, and he's going to be leading some leaderboards. Right, one uh, quick note before we – speaking of young guys, uh, Vaughn Grissom's back up. A, uh, any update on Ozzy, and B, what's Vaughn's role going to be? Yeah, well, I guess uh, right now Ozzy's doing pretty well. He did some jogging a couple days ago. He ran on Saturday. Um, I, I, Brian Snicker, more than anything, just has kind of made it seem like they just put him on the IL because he's a guy who goes you know, 100% day in, day out, and, and they want to just get him right. I mean, and look, like I – I think, you know, there's a chance he would have tried to play through it after a few days if the Braves really needed him. I mean, he's just that kind of guy. It's probably smarter just to knock this thing out. Von Grissom's role right now is backing up Nicky Lopez. Nicky Lopez has gotten all the starts since Tuesday, which is when Vaughn was called up. Uh, Nicky Lopez has started every game uh, for Ozzy Albies after he went on the injured list. Von Grissom has got a couple pinch hit at bats, though. Uh, Von Grissom is the... And this is the not the Elias Sports Bureau, but the JT Sports Bureau saying this. Von Grissom is the only guy to get called up and have his first two at bats come against the Rogers brothers. Because he had he had a tough at, tough first at bat after not seeing a pitch for almost a week against uh Tyler Rogers, who's the submarine righty. Pretty nasty. Uh yeah. that was a tough at bat. Um, he grounded out, and then he struck out looking against Taylor Rogers. So it, it looks like uh, on Sunday. So it looks like Von Grissom, until further notice, is is going to back up Nicky Lopez, uh, who has done well and is has actually you know he's hit pretty well and, and shown the glove too. All right, now time to look at what's uh, up next. And up next is the uh, Mets will come to town and uh, look who's getting the ball on Monday. Alan Winans will get another shot against his old team. Oh yeah. Uh, that that seven shutout innings in Queens looked pretty good. Nine strikeouts. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see if he can do it again. It's a deserved opportunity. I'm waiting to see what the roster move is. Uh, by the time you listen to it, this it's probably going to be out. But right now, my early question is: Is it going to involve Yanni Chirinos? You know, in terms of either you know an IL stint or, or DFAing him because you can't option him. Um, but do the Braves value him enough to want to keep the depth? Um, he's given up 23 runs and 22 and a third innings since they claimed him off waivers from the Rays. It hasn't been good, but maybe they see some upside there. They certainly did when they gave him a chance. Uh, but Alan Winans was the next guy up when they did need a starter. He will start Monday, um, and we will follow Yanni Chirinos and any other development uh, roster-wise, you know, kind of until then, because they've got an off day Thursday before that three-city, ten-game, ten-day road trip that they're going on out west. And that'll start with the Giants next weekend. And uh, now time for the Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on insert social media platform here at Justin C. Toscano. You know what I'm surprised was we didn't get the Yanni Chirinos question. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are – I think they've just Chirinos themselves out. (laughs) I mean, the anger, the collective anger on social media has been – Far too much for a guy who <laughs> who has been like the fifth starter on this team. And oh, by the way, like I think they've won most of the games in which he's pitched. So I mean, I guess he like hasn't 
completely killed them, right? I mean, it is one reason they're trying to get Yanni to to the end of August when rosters expand is do they control him next year? Yeah, so I that that is my thought is that if they value him enough, they will try to keep him because valuable depth, you know, or quality depth is is hard to come by and maybe, you know, they think there's something there in terms of upside. He is under team control through 2024. The tricky part of this is that just because because he's eclipsed five years of service time, he passed that this year, he's got a consent to being optioned. So they can't option. He, he technically would have options, but they can't option him, you know, would have had options, but they can't option him because he has eclipsed five years of major league service time. So they would have to try to pass him through waivers if they took him, you know, off their 40 man roster, which is which is what really I mean. The larger picture is how do you get Dylan Lee, Jesse Chavez, Nick Anderson, all those guys, Kyle Wright on the roster when the time comes, even with expanded rosters. It's it's going to be pretty fascinating to see how the Braves work it all out. All right. And in the Ask Justin segment, we've got a few roster questions uh, from at Zelda Braves Girl. With rosters expanding soon, what moves do you think will be made? Lee, question mark. Aguilar, question mark. Oh, yeah. Aguilar would be an interesting one, though. I think he's a bit redundant. Um, in terms of like a bat, I would think they would keep, well, I mean, I, I would think they would keep, you know, put Aguilar maybe up there, um, or somebody like Forrest Wall, because Von Grissom makes a lot of sense for his bat, but that's more of like the postseason roster because the minors, I think the exact date, I think the minor league season goes until the 24th of September. And I think you would want a guy like Von Grissom to get regular at bats, uh, for as long as he could when Ozzy Albies is back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Lee, maybe. Uh, maybe they use that extra pitcher spot for Chirinos and then deal with Lee later. Um, and then I would think, yeah, Aguilar is a good, you know, good one to bring up. Forrest Wall can can help you win a game at the end of the game. Uh, when they need to bring back Sam Hilliard so they don't lose him eventually, that would be another one I would think of. Uh, next up, uh, Dylan Harper also thinking about the postseason roster. Marcel and Eddie have been scorching as of late, but so has Vaughn Grissom and Lugbauer. Has either of them earned a spot on the postseason roster as a bench bat? Yeah, I, th- I think Vaughn has. I'm not sure, you know, about Lugbauer because there's always been a lot of swing and, and miss in there. Um, and I don't know how he would, you know, they feel, I don't know how they would feel about bringing him up, um, you know, without the experience of major league pitching. But I, I mean, I think Vaughn Grissom, yeah, like the guy has hit, over 300 in triple a he's crushed triple a he's basically defeated triple a <laughs> um and now his next quest is to prove he's not like a quad a guy right like when he gets that opportunity of consistent at bats but i think vaughn's got to be on your postseason roster uh because not only is he a bat but what i like about vaughn is in those big situations man like he's a great base runner like he's got some speed not terrific speed but he's got great instincts and he's so athletic and his strides are so long that He's a really, really good guy to have out there because he does give you some versatility where, yeah, he can get on base, but you don't really have to pinch hit, run for him um, if you don't want to. He's going to make, you know, plays out there. And, uh, yeah, he, I, he's proven that his bat is going to play up here given the consistent opportunity. Good question from Tyler Garner. What's most likely to happen? Acuna 40-70, Matt Olson over 59 homers, or Braves win over 105 games? Oh, that's a good one. All right, so they're at eighty. Let's see. With 
You know what? I think they would have to go on a heater. I think let me take let me take Braves over 105 games. Oh wow. I All think right. Matt Olson over 59 was I might have said that last week, but I just continue to be amazed at I think Matt could still do that, but I do continue to be amazed at the simplicity of each of the Braves' five-plus game winning streaks that they can rattle them off so easy that I don't want to be in a situation where I look back and I'm like, man, like, yeah, Matt's got like 56, 57 home runs and he's charging for it, but like the Braves are at 100 wins with 10 games to play, you know? Like I I think the this team has such a large margin for error sometimes because of the talent and the depth on the roster that – I could see them winning over 105 games. All right, last one comes from the uh, Braves Report hotline. We can take your questions 24-7 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. Hi, Justin Jay. This is Ben from Fort Collins. Now that Rosario's hot again, do you think he's done enough to cement his spot as our starting left fielder in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think so. Because I think with Eddie Rosario um, – you do sacrifice at times, you know, some of that defense, but the, you know, the upside, the bat first profile of Eddie Rosario tells you that this is a guy who is like a microwave. He can get hot very quickly in the postseason. We've seen it before. Um, th- unless he's really, really, really slumping, there's no way I'm not starting Eddie Rosario uh, in the postseason. You can do it based on matchups. If, if, you know, if Brian Snicker gets there and he wants to do that and Eddie Rosario isn't in the best place uh, offensively, but He's a guy who's proven that he can just get hot like that. Um, and um, I, I think he, he's got such a feel for the clutch moments uh, when he is in one of those grooves that I just think that that's a really, really good guy to have there, especially because you kind of don't need as much from that spot. You have such a great lineup around him that, yeah, even if Eddie's like not the hottest at the time, I'm going to roll the dice and keep sending him out there in hopes that he does get on one of those classic heaters. All right, we'll wrap it up with winners of the week. My winner of the week is the guy who raced the freeze today. That was impressive. Uh, in, in Sunday's game. For those who did not see that, I think that was the – could that be the most handily anybody's ever beat the freeze? I, I, I blowed him up, man. That was uh, I, many, many lengths. It was a secretariat-esque of it. Of course, he had a gigantic head start. That helps him quite a bit. But he maintained it. Oh, oh, yeah, he maintained. That guy had to have been a college sprinter at least. I mean – the freeze had no shot. And granted, it was a 90-degree day in that hot suit. Uh, but, I mean, he didn't have a chance. It was – I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I, I mean, I, th- I think that guy is my winner of the week. Uh, and if you want another off-the-wall one, Dwight Gooden. Because every time I look up a Spencer Strider stat, Dwight Gooden, for his early career and his whole career, is up there, man, in those record books, in those leader on those leaderboards – and it really, really is impressive for this reason, Jay. Back then, guys hated hitting 275. It was embarrassing to hit 265. They wanted to hit 300. Like, you put the ball in play. I couldn't imagine how difficult it was for Spencer Strider is elite. But I'm saying I couldn't imagine how difficult it was for guys like Dwight Gooden and Nolan Ryan to get as many strikeouts as they did in that day. All right, mine will be Marcelo Zuna. Had a 16-game hitting streak snapped today. And by the way, he had a 16-game hitting streak at 362 uh, and just has quietly kind of maintained 
just his consistent level after that dreadful start to the season, and he has kind of been what the Braves expected. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, they bet on him. They stuck with him, uh, and it paid off. And he, and he struggled a little bit before that 16-game hitting streak, too. Uh, that was the longest in Major League Baseball at the time. I think it just shows that Marcelo Zuna, yes, still has, you know, something left in the tank, and the Braves and their evaluations uh, were correct in, in everything they saw from the end of last season and everything they thought about you know, him going into this year. All right, so that'll wrap it up here. Well, we'll see you next week from San Francisco. Nice. I mean, I'm excited for the garlic fries and the seagulls. You'll be in San Francisco. I'll be back in Atlanta, so we'll pass each other on, on, on the way back. But uh, until then, please do your duty as a loyal listener of the Braves Report podcast. It's not your duty, but we ask uh, politely uh, to rate, review, follow, share, subscribe. Tell everybody who would want to hear this. Tell them if they don't. And we'll see you next Monday on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.